It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the basketball fanatics. Got Dan Rivera in the house. You guys get him on Twitter at DanRivera228. Also have a best bet from AJ Hoffman. You guys can find him on Twitter at AJIsTheReal. We also have Jay Smoove in the house as well. You guys can get him at Smoove underscore 702. And you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. College basketball NBA Friday. Going to go ahead and give you guys two college basketball games, give you two NBA games, and hopefully you guys will go ahead and have a pretty good Friday betting basketball. With that said, I want to go ahead and start it out here. Let's start out with Dan. Dan, you have a game for tomorrow. You have North Dakota. They're going to be on the road here at Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts going to be a minus 10.5 point favorite. We have a total right now of 147.5. Which way are you going in that game? Before I tell you which way I'm going, Sleepy, I have a question for you. So we know in college basketball, we get a huge spectrum of teams from really good to elite to just god-awful. So my question to you is this. When you see a team in terms of plays play a very, very fast game versus a certain opponent, and then you see another team who is a snail's pace versus a certain opponent, do you take anything away from that game? Or are you just like, hey, this was an outlier. This team doesn't go that fast or slow typically. So when you see opponents going really, really fast or really, really slow, do you take anything away from the game? Or are you just kind of, eh, that was a screwball team? Well, every single game is going to have something that you have to take away from it. Otherwise, you know, we wouldn't look at all the games. And that's one of the things that we do is we look at all the games for, you know, specific reason to get a certain kind of information. You know, generally, you know, if you have a team that plays one way in one game and a completely different way in another game, a lot of times it has to do with, you know, the other team that they're playing. Uh, Sometimes you get teams that play at home who could be, you know, a fast-paced team. And, and generally, a home team is going to dictate the pace. So uh, I'm guessing that you might have had a team that was on the road one game. Maybe they were home the next game. And it depends on who they play. And sometimes that's something that you have to look at and, and say, why did this particular thing um, go ahead and take place? And then you can kind of dissect it and say, this is why this probably took place, why they were going so fast in this one, why they're going so slow in that one. But overall, I think you have to take the entire body of work and just see if it's if it is an outlier game. Well, then then you have something that you can pinpoint. You know, you could say, OK, they played extremely slow against this extremely slow team when they were. Let's just say they were on the road. Well, then at least and, and, and then you see the result of, of, you know, how that game worked out for them. You could say, you know what? These guys could play with the slow team. So there's different ways to go ahead and break that down. But that is a pretty good question. I bring that up for a reason because it has to do with North Dakota. But I'm going to guess a lot of you guys, almost none of you, probably pay attention to Oral Roberts' offense. Now, Sleepy, if you look at the box scores, you're going to notice this offense putting up points, points, and more points. If you guys remember those Warriors teams a couple of years ago winning the championships, Sleepy, do you remember those Warriors teams You know, being like down six to eight points, and then next thing you know, in a two-minute time span, they'll put up 20 points? Oh, for sure. I mean, that was probably, I would say in my entire lifetime, if you take one offense that was like a buzzsaw, didn't matter. They could be down 12. And look, they, that team started out, you know, many, many games where they started out behind by a good amount. I actually thought like, you know, that they played that way for a specific reason to say, if we do find ourselves down, how do we get back in the game? Can we get back in the game? And there were multiple games 
when, you know, they had KD and Curry and Clay and that whole team was healthy and Draymond was running and gunning, that they were down 10, 12, 15 points, sometimes even 20. And they would come back and it wouldn't take them, you know, but two, three, four minutes. And before you know it, it was like, oh, they're down two. And then before you know it, there they go, they're up eight. That team was like a buzzsaw. So, yeah, uh, I certainly do remember that. Well, that's how Oral Roberts plays here. They can just go up and down the court and this team can just shoot forever. If you look at Oral Roberts stats, you'll notice their defense is close to 300 territory. Well, normally that would matter, but the problem is Oral Roberts' offense is just hitting everything. They can put up 80, 90. Last year, I had a game total under, and what happened was in that game, Oral Roberts shot 60% from three and 59% from the field, and they put up a triple burger on, I think, Western Illinois. And, well, again here, guys, North Dakota does not have good defense. I, I'm not even going to run down the stats. You guys can go look on Kempom. But the overall takeaway from that North Dakota defense is they don't play very good defense at all. Well, Oral Roberts, I'm going to say it again. This team can shoot three very well, and this team can put up points at home. If you go to last year or, or since 2019, since we have a small sample size this year, and unfortunately Oral Roberts' home games all have been D2 or NAIA teams, so you can't take much away from that. But since 2019, Sleepy, Oral Roberts at home, 8-2 and two to the over. And they're going over by 5 to 10 points on average compared to some of these other games. Oral Roberts this year is currently 5-5 five and five straight up, but 6-1 and one against the spread with a margin of victory of about 7.5 points. So, guys, they are competing with these teams. North Dakota is 2-9 and nine straight up, but 4-7 and seven against the spread with a margin of victory of about minus 10.5 points, meaning they're losing by about 10 points per game. The reason why I asked you that question originally, Sleepy, was North Dakota's first conference game of the year, they've played three conference games so far, was University of Missouri-Kansas City. The reason why I brought up that pace question was UMKC, they're slow. Not like 250 slow. They're like bottom of the barrel type slow. And in that game, North Dakota couldn't barely broke 50 points twice. So that's why I asked that, and I don't take much away. And I think we're getting some value here because UMKC made North Dakota not look so good. So I think on the total, we get a little bit lower. But if you look at North Dakota on the road going back to last year, so since 2019 – North Dakota on the road is 6-17 and 17 against the spread, and they're losing by about two points per game with that spread. In 2020, they're 1-5 against the spread, and they're losing the spread by about six points per game. That's not bad. That's atrocious. These books are not adjusting enough for how bad North Dakota is on the road. In terms of the game, North Dakota doesn't do anything well at all. They are ranked 270 or higher in effective field goal percent, adjusted offensive efficiency, three-point percent, and steals a lot on offense. So this team can't put up points, and they're giving up a lot of turnovers. Their best stats is actually defense efficiency, and that's only number 264 in the nation, well below average. I'm going to say it again. Old Roberts' offense is just putting up points. They're number 80 in the nation on offense. They're top 70 and not allowing turnovers on offense. They're number 74 at three, number 131 in effective field goal percent, and Sleepy, my favorite stat, free throws. This isn't a good, not a great, this is an elite free throw shooting team, number 25 in the nation. So I will be laying the 10.5 points here. This line opened up 11.5. The Sharps bought it at 10.5 and brought it down a bit. I think they're nuts for backing such a bad road team versus a home team who is going to put up probably 80 outside of some miracle and they just don't hit anything. My bet for this podcast is Earl Roberts, minus 10.5. I like it at the 13. I think this team's going to win by about 15, 20 points. Don't be surprised if Oral Roberts here puts up 90 on this team. 
For what it's worth, I do like the over at 147.5. In the four meetings so far over the last two years or so between these two teams, the over is 3-1. and one, And the one game that it did go under, Oral Roberts was on the road at North Dakota with a major look-ahead spot to North Dakota State two days later. So I like Oral Roberts minus 10.5 and, and like the over 147.5 here. All right. Well, there's Dan Rivera there with his best bet on Oral Roberts. Salt stuff from Dan. We have a best bet here from A.J. Hoffman. I actually misspoke. I thought this game was for Friday. It's actually for Saturday. It's going to be in the game between Tennessee at Texas A&M. Let's go ahead and see what A.J. Hoffman has for his best bet. I'll be on Tennessee minus nine at Texas A&M. My bribe price is up to 10. After a 5-0 ATS start, Tennessee's hit a 1-3 skid against the spread. There's a way to beat Tennessee's defense, which may be the best and most active in the country. You've got to hit your shots from outside. All three teams that covered did just that. Those three teams shot 50%, 50%, and 40% from three-point range. The Aggies can't and won't do that. In AM's four games against Ken Palm top 100 teams, they've shot under 24% from three. They're 282nd overall nationally from three. Tenney's arguably the best shot blocking team in the country, which is going to cause problems for an AM team that needs points at the basket to compete. AM also struggles to take care of the ball, ranking 327th in turnover percentage, while Tennessee's 11th nationally in forcing them. The Aggies' three losses are by 23 points per game. This lines up being a smash spot for Tennessee, who's the best team that Texas A&M's played this season. Best bet, Tennessee minus nine at Texas A&M. All right, guys, there's A.J. Hoffman going to go ahead and play Tennessee as his best bet for Saturday. As again, you guys can go ahead and catch A.J. on Twitter at A.J. is the real, and you can get him at preem.com. A.J. very good with his college basketball knowledge and uh, also if you guys are looking for any type of UFC information picks, uh, AJ used to actually be a, a fighter for the UFC, so uh, he has a lot of knowledge, and you can also get his plays. I think we have some big events coming up here in the UFC as well, so make sure you guys check out AJ uh, for sure. With that said, let's jump over to Jay Smooth. We got one, one but two NBA games. Jay Smooth is going to break one down. I'm going to break one down. Jay Smooth, you guys can find him on Twitter at smooth underscore 702. Smooth, he's got a game for you. He's got the Suns and the Pistons. Suns going to be minus six and a half. Total, 218 and a half. Jay Smooth, Suns, Pistons. What are you thinking? Yeah, Sleepy, I'm I'm liking the Suns at six and a half over the Pistons. You know, they're off to a, a pretty hot start, you know, starting six and two straight up and against the spread and also being tied with the best record in the Western Conference. You know, and they're also, you know, continuing their great play from, you know, the restart bubble when they went 8-0 straight up and against the spread. So dating back to that time up to this point, you know, the Suns, you know, they're 14-2 straight up and against the spread, and that's a crazy 87.5% win rate. And that's obviously too hot of a winning percentage to sustain all year long, but I don't really see a regression for this matchup with the Pistons. And earlier, or before I mentioned uh, that the additions that Chris Paul and Jay Crowder elevated in the Suns roster, and it just can't be stated enough, you know, when I watched them play. And they look like they're forming a, a nice big three uh, trio with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. And over their last week of games that they played, they have a 121.1 offensive rating, which ranks fourth in the league compared to the Pistons last week of games. Their defense mm-hmm. ranks, ranks uh, they have a 125.2 defensive rating, which ranks dead last. So, this is a pretty bad spot for Detroit. And one of their biggest problems 
that Detroit has on the defensive end is they struggle to defend the three, allowing their opponents to shoot about 39.7% from deep. That ranks about 24th in the league. And the Suns, they should be able to take advantage of that weakness as they shoot, you know, 39.6% from three that ranks six in the league. And, you know, a road favorite, you know, around six, six and a half seems like a lot to lay. But the Suns, you know, they're showing that they're capable of covering a spread that big with how sound they are on the defensive end and how efficient and balanced they are on the offensive end, you know, with being, you know, deadly from three. So um, I think this is a double-digit win for the Suns, so I'll gladly lay the six to six and a half. All right, guys, there you have it from Jay Smooth. We're going to go ahead and he's going to back the Suns minus the six and a half. I don't disagree. Detroit is just, they're an absolutely miserable team right now. Uh, I mean, when you have to rely on somebody like Grant, which I'm not, a, you know, I don't think Grant's a bad basketball player, but, you know, is he, see the guy's going to carry your franchise, you know, to the next level? I don't believe so. I just think there's a lot of pieces that, that need to be plugged into that Detroit team in order to make them, you know, a decent team. I mean, they got one win on the season. They could potentially finish with, you know, one of the worst records at the end of the year. Uh, I'll go ahead and go give you guys my play uh, tomorrow. We have the Nets and we have the Grizzlies right now. The Nets lane minus three and a half. Uh, the Nets are coming off of an impressive win against the 76ers in which they didn't have Kyrie Irving in the game. And the fact that the Nets ended up with a comfortable win in that game, they didn't have to stress a whole lot with the starters uh, playing a ton of minutes. I mean, it was pretty much a, a wire to wire game there for the Nets. Joe Harris got involved rather well. Allen was involved. Levert had a pretty big game. But it didn't look like those guys had to go out and exert themselves. And then you have the Grizzlies, who they played as well. They played yesterday. They played the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they lost the game. But I'm going to get Kyrie back. And I know this one's on the road, but I'm going to get Kyrie, and I'm going to get a Nets team where I believe that one of the reasons now Kyrie sat because of personal reasons, quote-unquote personal reasons. But a lot of the times, you know, these teams don't want to say we, we're trying to rest the guy you know, because of a back-to-back situation. And the fact that the Nets were going up against the Sixers with, you know, without Durant, I'm guessing that they wanted to at least split one of these two games. And they figured if we hold Kyrie out against the 76ers and we put him up against the Grizzlies, uh, we have a really good solid chance of pulling out a win. So I think this was a win-win situation here for the Nets. Now they're going to get Kyrie back. Now they're going to play the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are on a back-to-back. And the fact that the Nets didn't have to go and exert themselves a whole lot I like them tomorrow facing the Grizzlies. So I'll go ahead. I'll make that one my official pick for NBA Friday. I'll go ahead. I'll take the Brooklyn Nets minus the three and a half. That's it, guys. That's it for our podcast. Big thanks to Dan Rivera. You guys get him at Dan Rivera 228. Big thanks to Jay Smoove. You guys can find him at Smoove underscore 702 and AJ Hoffman as well. You guys can get him at AJ is the real. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games. <laughs>